Again, I find that super important. Accept that you're angry. Accept that you're mad. Accept that you're not happy with how life is treating you, how things are going. Accept mm-hmm. that you are unhappy with the situation, and it'll be a lot easier to be able to understand One, what's happening two, and how you're feeling. Three, funky. All right, if you're listening to this, let's take a deep breath together. And out. What's up, homies? You are currently listening to... Paranoid in my paradise. A place where we express mental health and personal challenges through cool conversations. Sponsored by Revert Levy in association with the Canadian Mental Health Association. I'm Sime, founder of Revert Levy, a startup label that expresses mental health through fashion and art. Alongside is my favorite person and my co-host... Brooklyn Latson. Before we get started, if you support this movement, please, please give five-star reviews to or on the platform you're listening to. And we do not claim to be professionals, nor do we advise. We are simply here to listen and connect. And if you are someone who is struggling or someone you know needs help, please visit sk.cmha.ca. They have tons of resources and they're here to help with mental health. Afloat. Today we have a dope-ass person. And a dear friend of ours, Anastasia. Yeah. Hello. Oh, there we go. Hello. Um, who's going to share her personal story, coping techniques for her mental health challenges, as well as we'll talk about latest news around the mental health. I think I said that a little wrong. But now let's get started. Where is your headspace right now? At this very moment or in like a general? General. In general. Yeah. Um being completely honest not (laughs) phenomenal um life is just it's gotten to the point where like every day feels kind of repetitive but otherwise i've learned how to like live with that and do things that i enjoy to help kind of break that repetitiveness so all right that is where i will put it Mm. my head is all right most people lie (laughs) <laughs> I, it's true most people yeah. just go i'm good i'm fine things are generally okay right now no things are not generally okay but i can admit that and i think that that is important to me because when i tell myself i'm fine i try to think that i'm fine and then it all just builds up and i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine yes exactly <laughs> exactly like that yeah yeah well you know we're glad that you're self-aware because at the end of the day, if you want to make a change or whatever you have to do, you need to know what's happening. I'm not, I'm not going to, you are 18, 17. Oh my gosh. I thought you were 18. I was going to say you are very well, just like that's what I mean. What time just said, uh, self-aware, you are probably one of the most self-aware high school. Like, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm not kidding. I thought you were a strong, full on straight blown adult when you walked I, in here. I am not a full blown adult for everyone listening no and that's I'm what i mean still youthful yeah still youthful. young years youth. left to me <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah. you're very wise for your age but you know when you have gone through a substantial amount of crisis or trauma it really builds character no matter how old you are builds wisdom that's younger than other people might go through it's all about different experiences yeah last no, podcast Aaliyah. She actually said how trauma makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. So, I completely agree yeah. with that. 100%. We're going to dive right in. 
as we usually do, and we're going to talk about Anna's story or, you know, the uh, the brief part of it, because yes. like I, I think we had a conversation we did. on the FaceTime the other day, you know. If I had to do the whole thing, it would be far too long. Far, far too long. <laughs> a whole life story. All right. Well, without further ado. So I was born in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, which is a small town. Um, and then we moved to White City. And when I was three years old, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And then I grew up and I I was three. Of course, I didn't know what was going on uh, up until up until I was about eight because she got cured or cured. It never remission. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that happened. And then all of a sudden she wasn't feeling good again. And my dad's a doctor. So he kind of like he knew. And so one day I just remember they I used to do diving um, and they dropped me off at practice and then they're like, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to practice today, but we're just like dropping you off here. You could practice with the other group. And I thought they just wanted me to get better at the, at the sport. I was like, y'all really want me to be champions, don't you? <laughs> and so um, then uh, again, I didn't understand. I was like eight years old. What? How am I able to understand when I'm eight? But I could tell that something was wrong. I just didn't really know what. And then I started getting a little bit older. And it was like my mom would be at home and she wouldn't leave her room. And I, I like I thought that was a totally normal thing. I thought that and she, like she, her moods were not good. She also struggled with depression, um, but she didn't really want to treat it. So she would just let it play out. And she was just in her room all the time. And I didn't understand as a such a young person that that wasn't normal. I thought I just thought that was a normal family thing. And so then when I was 11, um, she passed away. So I was in grade six. I didn't understand how serious that was. I was it's it's that it's a weird age. Eleven is a very, very weird Mm -hmm. age for that to happen to you, because, yes, she was there during like during my childhood but not fully. And then like, I'm not into my teen years yet. I'm just at that awkward sort of part of my life. And so I didn't understand the seriousness of it. And so a couple years went by, I'm in grade eight and I was like, I am sad all the time. I was starting to hurt myself. Um, and I, I didn't really know what was going on. And so then I kind of went on into grade nine and I went to a school in Regina in grade nine um, before going to Balgoni. And while I was there, my mental health got really, really, really bad, like very bad. I was only there for a semester and I didn't realize till after that that was like severe, severe depression. Again, I was hurting myself. I was in my room like as much as I could be, I didn't want to hang out with anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was just like m- completely miserable. And um, I think we also have a history of suicide in my family. Like we have a lot of mental health uh, history there. And so um, it was a little, I think it was a little hard for my dad to kind of accept that I was going through it too, because like no parent wants their child to go through that. And especially when it's not physical and obviously there, like you don't know what's going on inside someone's head ever. And so I think that was really hard for him. So 
Um, we were just like, okay, let's move schools. I moved schools. It was good. And then grade nine went by pretty smoothly. Grade 10, um, grade 10 was okay until quarantine hit. And then I was, again, I have no siblings. Um, it's just me and my dad that live together. And so I was at home alone all day, every single day while he was at work for months and months. And I didn't know what to do with myself, first of all. And then I started getting back into that pit and that loop of just my mental health was so horrible. And again, I didn't really realize it at the moment. But now I look back at it. And so it got really bad then. Then that summer, things were like fine. And then I go into grade 11. And that was when things started like I started to realize and it started to become more like persistent instead mm-hmm. of just like huge chunks of it that took up so much time that it felt normal. Um, I was in grade 11. The beginning was great. The beginning was like phenomenal. And then all of a sudden school is very, very important to me and it always has been. And I, I like to say I'm pretty smart. And so I like to spend my time on school and I knew that, when school started feeling like a chore and like it didn't matter that something was definitely wrong because my whole life I've liked going to school and it's the way I socialize, especially living in like such a small community. And so then I went to my pediatrician, that's the kid doctor, right? And I was like, man, like this, like something is not right, like at all. And so then she she's a family friend of ours. So she got me in with the therapist pretty quickly. And I went to the therapist and I told her everything. And it had built up so much over the past. I was I was 16 then. So over the past five years, it had built up so much that it was kind of it was all going in to my brain and everything, but I had no way of getting it out ever. And so then after that, she was like, like you clearly have some undiagnosed mental illnesses. And so, um, then I saw her a couple times and cause it's always first it's therapist and then psychiatrist. Cause people don't want to be on medications. It's kind of sort of a more like last resort type of thing. And so we, started doing that. And then I was like, it's just getting worse. And talking about it started making it worse because I was thinking about it. And I was actually processing what had happened in my life. And uh, the loss that I went through, I realized that that's not something many people go through. And it affected my life a lot more than I thought it did for a very long time. And so um, as I was getting help for that, I I remember I was at supper with my dad and I, I just, I told him straight up, I was sitting there and every time I would go out in public, I would just cry. I don't know why, but I would, me and my dad would be having supper and I would just be crying and crying and I don't really cry. So that was super out of character for me. And I remember just sitting there with him and I, I just told him, I'm like, I want to kill myself. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't know what to do anymore. Like I can't handle it. And so he got me in with a psychiatrist as soon as possible. 
because clearly the therapy was not enough for me. Um, and I talked to him and that was when I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And um, like shortly, shortly after that, I got diagnosed with PTSD, which is now like um, I didn't grow out of it. But after facing all the things that I hadn't for such a long amount of time, um, I no longer struggle with that anymore. And so, yeah. And then it's been like on and off since then. Um, but recently I started realizing, I was like, uh, I'm acting out of character. I'm not an angry person at all. And I never have been. And so all of a sudden I was lashing out at my friends and like I was hurting the people that I loved and I realized that something was wrong and I I wasn't feeling depressed, but it was just all of a sudden I would go into these phases of sort of feeling like all my actions had zero consequences and holding all of that back was sort of painful. Like it would hurt me and be sort of suffocating when I held it back. So I would lash out at other people no matter how much I didn't want to. And so literally last week I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, there's two different ones. There's bipolar one and bipolar two. Um, I got diagnosed with bipolar two. So instead of the longer periods of time, like usually someone's manic for like a few days and then goes down to depression. It's more like throughout the day or throughout a couple of days, it's more like on and off and on and off. And so, yeah, that is pretty much my life story including my mental health from what I remember. There's probably other details that affected me like that, but yeah, that is off the bat. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm obviously sorry for your loss. And I'm sure you have heard that a numerous amount of times, but you know, you can't like yeah. it's, and I, I will never know what that feels like. I will never like, you know, you're right. Not many people have experienced the the loss of their mother at yeah. a young age. It's you can't. It's not comprehensible. And I liked how you were talking about that at that age and going through what you were. You you didn't. You can't really fully understand or comprehend what's going on or the extent of a situation. Yeah. No. It was. Um. Now that I look back at it, it was a lot, and it was also. Uh, nobody was telling me what was going on, like, on either because I was so young. But now that I look back at it, I kind of wish that people did because, again, I was in that awkward age. Like, I wasn't a teenager yet. I couldn't fully understand things, but I wasn't little. So um, if I had understood in the moment, it would have caught, like, it would have saved me from so much. But that's okay. I have figured it out now. But, um, yeah, I would... I would go to my diving practices and I would talk to my coach because she kind of took on like the role of like, um, okay, I'll take care of her because her mom can't right now. And I would just go and cry because again, I knew something was wrong when your mom is in and out of the hospital so often, but you don't know why. And no one will tell you that that's a hard thing for a young person to go through. And so yeah, but now, again, I can look back at it now and be like, I understand why people kept, like, kept that from me, and I understand 
the intent that they had, um, trying to protect me, but I'm glad that people tell me things straight up now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also like what what you mentioned about your father as well, that you knew on the flip side of things that he was also grieving. Yes. You know, he was yeah. also in pain. And how do you like right now? It's it, how do you restore balance when, you know, you can't physically see something? Yeah. Right. And it's very I, I think I, I don't know. It, it blows me away to listen to you even talk and things like that, because I don't know the way you do. You present your like the way you articulate things is you understand and yeah. i think one of the most important things in this world and one of the most important things for people to have is the emotional intelligence yes no um i because all that happened when i was so young i matured very quickly like really fast um throughout all of high school it's felt like i've like i am respected like i fit in or whatever but I've never truly felt like I fit in because my mental age is like different. So, so different than what everyone else is going through. And that's not a, that's not a knock at other people. It's like, I think when like, you know, a lot of people will take that as a negative thing too. Yeah. And I, 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 I have to say, I, I do not, I dislike that so much because if you're going to take that in a negative connotation and that means you are just not fully developed. I'm sorry yeah. to whoever's listening and thought that was negative, but it's true. Yeah. Like you need to be aware. You need to be able to sit on both sides of the fence and yes. on the middle. Yep. Always, always. I've learned recently, um, especially since I got diagnosed with bipolar for a long time, it felt like um, during those episodes that I would have, it would feel like, oh my gosh, my whole world is crashing down. Everyone hates me and is trying to ruin everything for me and I have to block them out. And so um, it like recently I've been trying really hard to try to also see their point of view of things. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really game, game changer for me um, because I understand that not everyone hates me. Not everyone is trying to ruin my life. It's just like something, sometimes things play out, not how I want them to play mm -hmm. out. And yeah, again, seeing both sides of the story is always yeah. so important. And even if you're, the, even if you know you're a good person and other people know you're a good person as well, you are always going to be a bad guy in somebody else's story. And you have always. to accept that. 100%. Yeah. Cannot please everyone. As yeah. that, that's about it, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about acceptance, adapting to the things we can't change. Yeah. Yeah. What would you identify to be your biggest struggle during your mental health journey? Getting, first of all, getting my dad to help me get help was... Let me ask, did your, was your dad opposed to the idea that something wasn't right with the chemicals of your brain or was he just too busy because um, i want to i want to hear that side okay. i want to know if he just didn't just if he didn't agree with it or not or um, how did it go well i can't say exactly because i'm not him yeah but i like from what i think i think that again like i i just genuinely think that he didn't want to believe that I was going through something painful 
And he tried to block that out and be like, it's okay. Time will pass. Like, it'll go away. Like, you're feeling sad. It's okay. Time will pass. Like, it'll go away. It'll go away. But then it didn't go away. And I was like, no, this is actually like genuinely crushing me inside and not just some little phase that I'm going through. Um, So I think it was just genuine. Like he can't, he couldn't control it, but I think it was just like a genuine wanting the best for me Yeah, and him not being able, because as like a doctor, you're able to physically fix things like so often. And the fact that he wasn't, just able to fix it right away and this something like this is something that he isn't able to just fix i think that was just really hard for him hard hard on him and really hard for him to accept so i think that's what it is or at least that is how i picked it up but he's not too busy he takes a lot of time for me like my dad is my bestest friend in the entire world because it's just the two of us and no, even like he has his own practice, like out in the small town where we live. And as busy as he is, like I'm his number one priority. And he always helps when something's wrong. But again, I think it was just that acceptance thing. Yeah, that is really good. That makes me really happy. It makes me want to cry. It does. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's it's good to have a good relationship yeah. with your parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, especially when it comes to parents, they they don't want to accept that there's something quote unquote wrong with their ch- child. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times our parents they want to see us succeed. Yeah, too. they can feel our pain. Yeah. Um, no, I can kind of relate to that story in a way because. When I told my parents about my mental health challenges, they they were they said the same thing. You know, time will pass, uh, this and that. But eventually, I was like, "Yo, <laughs> this ain't going anywhere." And then they started realizing, okay, so this is something we actually cannot just let it pass. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. it it's something that yeah you need to talk about. But also, when you have <laughs> the funny thing is when. Uh, people say speak up talk about your mental health talk about your problems it goes right back to what you were saying about going to therapy earlier when you're sitting there indulging in all of your thoughts and the therapist goes and asks you well let's let's turn back and let's go to the very first thing in your childhood let's go to the very first thing that fucked you up not to what's wrong right now we're gonna go and we're gonna play back your brain for you it's exhausting it's yeah it's crushing and it's a lot of things that you don't want to face. Um, like, for example, literally, she just sit there and she just be like, how does it feel that your mom died? And I'm like, whoo! That's a li- Yo! Hey, chill. Okay, can we, like, lead up or something? Can we? No. Um, and sometimes, like, people aren't ready for that. And, but I am very, again, I'm very grateful for it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because it did bring up a lot of things that i didn't want to face and that i was avoiding facing for a very long time and uh feelings that i had deep down again that i didn't want to face for a very long time and i didn't understand were like i didn't understand that it wasn't normal until i started really thinking about it like that and again being like not many people my age go through this like this is something that 
I had to do almost alone because even after she passed away, I didn't really have um, like a anyone come into my life as a mother figure. Um, like in a lot of situations, usually um, like a close family friend or something, but I, I just didn't have that. And I waited and I waited and I waited and it just never happened. So I went through becoming a young woman pretty much alone. And I would watch all my friends um, with their moms. They'd be like, oh, we're doing this. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, she taught me how to do this. I had to learn how to learn what my style is like alone. I had to learn how to do my makeup alone. I had to, like, just absolutely every single thing I know now about, again, being a young adult. I had... My dad tried his best, but he he tried his best. (laughs) Female and male is very different. Yes, he tried so hard. But um, there's just so many things that like, I, like he couldn't understand. And that's something that I can 100% relate to you on is I don't know what it's like to physically and as well emotionally lose your mother. However, my mother has not been in my life since I was 11. Yeah, like the same age. And I find that crazy because I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, that is, I can, my dad raised, I do have a sister, yes. however, I do have a sister. And that makes it different, right? Siblings do make things crazy and, and a little bit different. But, you know, a single dad on his own, it, it's it's hard. I, I'm going to tell you something funny here. I remember this one time I said, Dad, I need some tampons. And he went out and he did, he did it, but he got me cardboard, like legit cardboard circles. Yep. And I was just yep. like, this is not going up there. This is not going to work. Yeah, no. Um, going through all that. But me, I'm, I, I've always been really open yeah. with my dad because I'm like, how, who, who else, who else am I going to go ask to get me tampons yeah. when I am a solid like 13 years old? What am I supposed to do in this situation? No. Let's skip the dishes? <laughs> DoorDash? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Not to interrupt, but my mind just went like, because I have so, so, so much respect for females, especially like when I heard your guys' story. I could not imagine being in, because as a guy, it's so easy to just tell your dad or even your mom, hey, like I want underwear, I guess. But when it like you need some real, like, because a lot of times... Yeah, your dad having to go buy bras for you, yeah. having to buy like you you're not going to get your first song with your dad, that's for sure. You're waiting till you're at least old enough yeah. to go out and buy it yourself. Yeah, or buy it in secret. Yeah, literally. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he would go shopping with me and every like he would take me to the mall and he'd hey, look just, at that nice training he, bra. No, would, I want a real he just, bra. He would sit outside the store and just wait for me. <laughs> just wait for me. Yeah. But uh a thing that always kind of fr- not frustrated me. But, like, it frustrated me. It always frustrated me. Um, we would go to stores. They'd be like, oh, you're with your dad? Oh, that's, like, that's so cute. That's so cute. And I'm like, this is last resort. Yeah, you, this, don't, know, you don't know why I'm here with my dad. Yeah, this, this is literally last resort. There's no other way to do it. It's not cute. I have gone through so, like, and so that was a thing that I think also kind of, like, maybe made me be like, 
this is exhausting because I'm not going to stand there and explain to a store worker that my mom died. Well, um, it's like embarrassing, but also borderline like, oh, thank you for reminding me every yes, single time I step into Exactly. Here. And it was always, oh, that's so cute. And I was surrounded by that like a lot in my life. Like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's so sweet of him. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is the only person I have. This is the only person that I have left. It's... And- yeah, that I think that ends up creating a little bit of like resentment and animosity towards other people and things in that way because Absolutely. when you're that age, especially like you're like, I don't know how to take this and you're like, Do I take it this way? Do you guys and that's why you're here now and you're like, I know now both sides and yes. that everybody doesn't understand what you're going through. So everybody is eventually gonna slip up or they're gonna say the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. What do you think has been your the biggest lesson you have learned because of your mom's passing? Hmm. I have learned a lot from it. Like again, like we were saying earlier, like trauma makes you who you are. Yeah. What you go through makes you who you are and it builds the type of person you are. And I think that like the most important thing that I learned was that I should not be ashamed of what I went through because, and I should not have to feel bad when I tell people what I went through. Like if they're saying something and I'm like, Oh no, like I don't have a mom and then they feel bad about it. I should not feel bad. That's the, that's a huge lesson. Do not feel guilty about what you went through. Do not feel embarrassed about it. Just don't feel bad about it because that creates a lot of pressure on you, a ton of pressure on you that you don't deserve. And it is not your responsibility to make others feel comfortable. If that makes them uncomfortable, so be it. it so be it. It literally, I'm not going to lie right now. I am so impressed because it sounds like I'm listening to The Verge where I was like on my mental breakdown leaving high school and I was like, mental health all the way. And I like educated myself. Like it just sounds like I like what you're spinning because it's it's what I like. It's what I like. Spinning bars. It's pure bars. I like you. I like you a lot. Thank you very much. You're smart. I like you You know what you're talking about. No, I'm on the same page. Um, hmm. What is something you want others who may be going through a similar situation as you to know? Okay. Okay. Uh, there is a lot of parts to it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I will explain a little bit of each of what I think, like how they divide in my brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm going to do yeah, it. Just give us your brain. Um, yes. Yeah. So with uh, having someone close, like having a loss that's very close to you, um, There's so much. I could talk about this for hours on end. Um, But again, I think a very big part of it is don't feel bad for making people uncomfortable and like spark the conversation about it. Because if you don't talk about it and if you aren't comfortable with talking about it, especially with your friends and everything, and if it's sort of like a weird thing, it'll be suffocating to you. It'll be exhausting because when it comes up and you guys just both sit there and look at each other and are like, what now? It's terrible. It's so bad. Um, that's a really big one. And another big one. Oof. 
I'm trying to think. Like there's there's so many. Um but yeah, no, I think I think that's my biggest one for that. Don't be yeah. ashamed about what you went through, 100%. Um for bipolar, um I think that a very big lesson for that is I think you have to realize what you did wrong in the moments that um you were for example out of character or whatever and i think that realizing what you did wrong and that it was out of character of you and being able to apologize for that is very important and yes you can like whatever be like yes i'm going through this this but just being able to own up to it and being like yes i am like bipolar but like still what i did was not right and if it hurt you i'm very sorry i think that's super important because again you have to look at both sides of the story and you have to think about how they would feel and i think that's super important um so yeah those are those two and with depression i don't even know because it's still a it's still a lot that I deal with to this day. I still go through depressive episodes. I still deal with that. And I haven't completely figured out how to deal with it myself. So, um, but what always helps me music, listening to music. I also sing, play guitar, like just music in general. Listen to some tunes. Can you give us a little line right now? I don't. But, no, I'm just kidding. I won't I, put you I, on the spot. I would if I could think. <laughs> if, if one sparks, I will just drop a line. Okay. Yeah, I'll drop a bar. All right. Um. When did you start playing musical instrument? Um. So, I have been singing for a while, but not like I don't like sing like with like a group or anything. I just do it by myself. Um. Because that's how I like to do it. I started playing guitar at the end of grade nine. Um, so before quarantine and all that happened. So that did give me something to do. That was really nice. And whenever I do feel frustrated or upset or whatever, definitely like music always helps. Singing, I will belt. I will go crazy. Um but yeah, no, I started playing guitar in grade nine. I used to play piano when I was younger, too. It's always been like a nice way of helping me express how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So sort of a therapeutic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Habit. Yeah. yeah. The thing about that belting thing, my dad is an RCMP officer. So very long hours, gone a lot. Every single time he stepped out of that house and he was gone, I would blast the music and start screaming yep. the top of my lungs. Yep. Sometimes he would come home and catch me while I was screaming. I'd turn it off and I'd be like, I wasn't doing anything. Or like singing. I'm driving in my car. Sometimes after school, I'm just like, I've had a long day and I'm just driving in the city and then I'm at a traffic light and I'm like, I really need to scream right now. So the music's blasting. I'm just screaming in my car. I look over and someone's just like, someone's like, oh, she's, she's having a time. She's going through it. I'm like, you know it. You You know know it. It's, it's fun, but sometimes you got to let it out. I think that's also very important. Scream in your car. Scream. Scream. Let it out. Anger. Yeah. I am. I'll let you know this. You, I am a very angry person. But okay, (laughs) recently in my developed years, uh, the past ever since getting out of kind of high school and stuff like that, I've become a lot less angry. 
because I've diverged from my set off. So it was taking me what was aggravating me and all this shit that was just piled up. And I was like, man, like I I was a kid who punched holes in the wall and kicked. Um, And that's just how it is. But that's because I grow up with something that makes me extremely angry. Yes. No, I think it's also very important um, when you are feeling angry, mad, frustrated, don't don't block it out. Like, don't block it out when people tell you, oh, it's okay, just calm down. Accept that you are feeling angry <laughs> and try to find a way to release that because that can help you so much. That reminds you- me of the meme where it's like the fire and your girlfriend, you're like, you try to, it's like the fire meme. There's a big fire and then there's like a tiny bucket of water and it's like telling your girlfriend to calm down when she has like a dog. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good meme. Yeah, yeah, no, but again, I find that super important. Accept that you're angry. Accept that you're mad. Accept that you're not happy with how life is treating you, how things are going. Mm-hmm. Accept that you are unhappy with the situation, and it'll be a lot easier to be able to understand what's happening and how you're feeling. Yeah, I mean, you can only neglect your emotions so much. Yep. They're just going to keep coming. Yep, they always find their way back. I exactly. tell you that one. I just feel I, the emotions. I think one of the most effed up things about life is that you have to eat forever. You have to eat for the rest of your life every single day, and I just can't comprehend that. I can't fathom that. I can't because it's exhausting. Yep, I don't know. Um, we had so I think a year ago I said almost the same thing on the podcast. So I was remember? like, I hate eating. Yeah, and now I'm gonna say ask you the question oh my god are you okay i'm like i hate (laughs) yeah are you doing okay yeah we're doing good here yeah i mean i should know i like we live in the same house yes but sometimes you have to even if you're living in the same house gotta sit down say Mm. are you okay she gets very angry at me punches me beats me up i yeah i am not actually gonna attest to that on recording (laughs) no it's okay i'm like that with my best friends too um I have three best friends uh, that I spend most of my time with. Uh, Carmen. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, there's yeah. there's so many. Yes. Carmen. <laughs> I don't know. I read the messages. I read the text oh, messages. Oh my gosh! I was like, <laughs> you're like, bitch. I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I have them, and then Ben, like Isaiah and Ben, they are like my brothers. Like. We are like siblings. We fight like siblings. We talk like siblings. Like, but we also have that support. Like I, um, Isaiah, he lives like about like 10 minutes away from my house. Okay. And so his mom also, Jackie, I love Jackie. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I just became friends with him in August, but in that amount of time, she has kind of taken that role, like, um, of an, like the older woman that I needed in my life. And I appreciate that so much. And so, oh, you go. I was just going to say shout out to Jackie. Yeah, shout out to Jackie, dude. I love Jackie so much. Jackie, if you're listening to this, I love you so much. (laughs) So very dearly. Yeah, um, I can say the same thing because, you know, taking care of my friend. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm over there all the time. And there's sometimes I'm just like, are you okay, dude? Come on, like, tell me, are you okay? And that's what it's like with all of my friends, too, though. Like, we get so caught up in all the fun um, that we should be having that we don't take a second and be like, there are problems that are going on, and we have to realize that. So, yeah, no, 
We're going to implement a weekly counseling meeting in the house <laughs> done by me. I think I think, Everyone sits I think that around should be a new challenge. I think that should be a thing for all friend groups listening. You should initiate a weekly council yes. meeting with your friends and check in and yes. see how I you are all doing. Idea. I'll sit in the middle wise. with like a whip. And if someone doesn't answer, they get whipped. I think that's genius. <laughs> Thank you. I like to think out of the box. I love it. <laughs> out Moving of the on. Box, out of the box. That was a TV show growing up. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I know. No. That's okay, though. That's okay. You suck. You suck. And you blow. (laughs) I do want to ask, with your experience, how do you... uh, How do you balance all of this? How do you balance everything that goes on inside your head and life? A lot of the times, I'm not even going to lie, I don't. And I can't. Hey, that's okay, too. No, I... It's tough. It is hard. But I've learned how to always do my best in school, no matter how hard, like, no matter how I'm feeling or how depressed I'm feeling or whatever. Um, I'm able to balance that and be like, okay, I need to take this time and do this because this is going to help me get where I want to be. Um, but otherwise, a lot of spending time with my friends because again they're that support that i need um yeah i want to touch on something that you mentioned in your text as well um impulsiveness Mm -hmm. how are you with your impulsiveness why do you think i'm blonde (laughs) 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 that is so that's really good that is actually that's that made me laugh that was a a good reference man (laughs) That was genius. I, that was genius. When girls get crazy, you dye your hair, eh? Hey? Look, <laughs> look at my roots. No, look, I did. I, I was looking at your Look at my roots. Like, she was. It does look good. You do look good Thank as a you blonde. Very much. You Thank do. you very much. I like the blonde. Because you have nice eyes. You got pretty eyes. And, Thank you. Yeah. Um, but no, the impulsiveness. Um, always feeling a need for change, even in like short periods of time. Um, that's a thing with. First of all, bipolar, and second of all, just coping with being like, oh, I'm feeling depressed. Nothing's good. Let me change something. Let me do something. Um, Like, I have tattoos. Most of them are, like, most of them I've been thinking about for a while. I try to stop myself on that because, yes, they are permanent, but I love tattoos very much. I'll be getting more, impulsive or not. Um, (laughs) But it also, like, piercings. I'm just like. Okay, I no. noticed you got a little couple of those. Yep. Yeah. And so, like, just that and feeling a need for change all of a sudden, that's, like, it's so deep down because life starts to feel, again, so repetitive and so, like, I get so insanely bored. But it's not, like, bored, just, like, oh, I'm bored, like, whatever. But it's, like, a bored where I'm sitting there and I feel anxious because I don't know what to do with myself. And it will ha- like go for hours and hours on end. And I'm like, I just need this to stop. Like, I just need this to stop. And my hairdresser knows. I text her. I'm like, I need a change. And she books me in real quick. <laughs> she books me in real fast. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's what the impulsiveness is like. It's just that painful feeling of boredom that 
is just so exhausting. And again, it makes me anxious, which is horrible. I hate being anxious. I've learned how to deal with my anxiety very well. And compared to a lot, like I am good with my anxiety now, um, completely learned how to take care of that. But when I'm getting so bored that I get anxious, I can't even one of the biggest things about having ADHD is that I don't know if you I'm oh, pretty, yeah. I'm Wait, pretty I, everywhere I, I also have ADHD yes too, and so. it's very and it is the only other mental illness that is closely aligned with BPD yes. the only one and the thing about that is my drive is I have very severe ADHD and it literally that's the that's where it comes in for me is I hate change mm-hmm. I if something changes I'll lose it i'll lose my fucking mind i'm done and i'm done and then when it's not like that i get that i get the whole i get the whole oh my god i can't yes. sit here no and exactly. i'm like i'm so bored i literally i don't know what to do with myself and i will sit there and do nothing and anyway it's, just, it's it's like painful it just it like hurts. it hurts your mind it hurts your heart like it makes you feel like you're a shitty ass person for doing nothing even though you sit there and you're like no i'm not i'm not a shitty ass person but, it, but then you're like i can't do anything <laughs> yeah it's, I don't know, kind of makes me feel like a failure sometimes and stuff like that. No, and I understand that. Um, but then you have to realize and be like, okay, this is a for who I am. Maybe I am insanely bored right now. But, you know, I think that getting over those times is very, very important. And you're saying here right now? Um, you mentioned also something on text. Sorry, it just keeps popping into no, my head crazy. and stuff. <laughs> but you said that you had a story on how you discovered that how BPD came into play and the oh. factor of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I don't so, know if you want to talk about it. You no. Don't have to, no. But. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think it started a while back, even though I didn't notice it. Yeah. Um. Because again, I was lashing out at people and before it was just one person and it was very often one of my best friends ben who i love so but it was just like oh my god just like all of a sudden like everything he would do would just piss me off so bad oh, i get that. like he would breathe a little too loud and i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna end your life do when you jeremy dude i can't mm-hmm. even be around him sometimes because yes. i'm like don't even touch me yes i'm like don't even touch me and so it started with that and i'm like this is normal this is fine whatever um and i would go through like these like phases and then all of a sudden it'd be okay and i'd be okay and then it would happen like on and on and on like and then um recently it was i was lashing out at everyone instead and i would get mad at all of a sudden i would like go into that headspace and i was mad at every single little thing that every single person would say or do and again um i was hurting the people i love and it's like for a while now I've had quite a few friendships and relationships end abruptly because um of me and I can admit like I I realize that now and that's why I say like I think the bipolar has been there longer than I thought because again I would have friendships where I would just completely mess things up completely but I didn't know that in the time I thought again that the like 
what they were doing, like what they were doing was completely bad and I wasn't doing anything wrong. Well, and you, you obviously you're going to justify yes. your own actions. That's what happens. It's, yes. it's, and it's not abnormal. It's no. just the hu- it's just the brain. Yes. And so, um, but then it was getting to the point where it was like another friendship, like, and I would try to block people out and I would just cut them off. And it was like another person, another person, another person, another person. This is why I don't agree to make friendships with people anymore because I know I'm going to end up not talking to them and not hanging out with them or yep. not anything because I, I know I'm not going to at this point in time of my life right now. So it's better to just not yes. do it. No, exactly. And um, like I f- like now again, I can realize like what I did wrong because I wouldn't hang out with people for like months. And I thought that was normal and I, because I was just like, I would imagine hanging out with them and I like just felt exhausted thinking of it. And, I um, sit here every day and I think, well, I haven't seen my best friend in probably um, two months now. Yeah. And I'm just like, I like, I know this is just something like I can't do right now. Um, and then it would go by, go by. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, right. And I'd be like, hey, but then by the time I'm like, oh, hey, um, they've already moved on. And they think that I'm a bad person because I haven't been reaching out or haven't been trying to hang out when, uh, like I, I couldn't, I just couldn't my, they're like, all of a sudden it'll be like, I only can hang out with these couple people or I will lose my mind. Um, and so, because I don't want to hurt them and I don't want to put myself through that. And so, yeah, no, that's been really hard, but so all of a sudden all these friendships were ending and I was like, this is not normal. And then I'm in AP psychology right now and we were talking about all of said mental things. And I was like, this is sounding a little bit too familiar. <laughs> this <laughs> is, this, who, who is that? Not me. Um, and so I, I see my psychiatrist quite often because meds like, whatever it changes all the time you have to go up go down blah blah and so i was like there is something very wrong inside of my head and i told him a lot of things that i didn't tell him before because i didn't want to seem like a bad person um because when i would see him i would tell him the parts like like about how i was hurting um but i wouldn't tell him about the parts where i was hurting people and couldn't control it and so i just i just told him everything i just uh and yeah that was when we both realized that it was more than just depression and that there was a part that was going here and then there and yeah that's my story with the bipolar disorder the highest of highs and the lowest of mm-hmm. lows mm-hmm. that's the way she goes unfortunately sometimes. um i don't know if you wanted to touch on this, but we didn't talk about it, but PTSD yeah, um, is something that I do want to touch on mm-hmm. because it's not something that I deal with anymore, but it is something that I dealt with after a very long and distraught relationship. Um, and PTSD, it's really weird because it doesn't have to be the way they said it. It doesn't have to be in the same context. It just has to be the same words or something that reminds you of that. And instantly, Mm -hmm. it's like you're back 
in yeah. that place. And I want to know, like, what, how, what were your feelings during those times, and how would you describe that to us? Well, um, hmm. I'm trying to think of how it all started. First of all, I think that PTSD is a lot more common than people expect it to be. Yes. Um, in society, you think PTSD and you think military. That's it. That's, that's all people. It's that's, generalized that's, stereotype. That's to all that. it ever yeah. is. Um, but I think that with most traumatic experiences, uh, PTSD comes along for most people. And it doesn't just have to be like, the panic attacks it's dreams it's Mm -hmm. anxiety about it it's constant memories that just will not leave your head and i was having these constant memories and i would just play back over and over and over again the things that i thought that i did wrong um like when this is about to get real depressing um but when my mom was in the hospital i had just gotten back from i went for a diving camp in cuba um, right before my mom passed away and we went to the hospital and my dad was like, we, it was in a totally different like unit, different section of the hospital. I'm like, okay, this is very strange. Um, but again, I didn't understand. And, um, we went and she was there and she wouldn't talk. And she like, I would try to explain something and she was just like, she just laid there with her eyes closed and I got scared. I was 11 years old. I was absolutely horrified. It was the scariest thing in the world trying. And cause I had just come back from this amazing trip. I had to Cuba for diving with my friends and I met all these people and did all this cool stuff. And I was trying to tell her about it and I was getting no response. Um, and she just looked so insanely unwell that I was, again, I was just horrified. And I was like, dad, we need to leave. Like, I need to leave. I can't be here. I can't do this. I'm afraid. And so we left. And that is the last time I ever saw her was me saying, I am too scared of my mother. We need to go. And I never got to say goodbye to her. And that was playing in my head over and over and over again. It was the part that my last goodbye to her was, I am too scared to be here. And so that, again, that would just replay over and over in my head. And that was where it came in big time for me. And I was having these dreams um, where, like, I was just having a ton of dreams and whatever about it, too. Not dream nightmares. Nightmares. Um, But, yeah, that's how it was for me. And the memories are a common thing for other people, too. And I know that. And people are like, oh, I keep remembering this thing. Um. So yeah, that's that's my experience with it. And I didn't realize again that that wasn't normal until I was talking to my therapist about it and I was going over. I'm like, I like I can't forgive myself for this even though again, I was 11 years old. I was tiny. I was a little girl. And um again, I was like <laughs> <laughs> apologies that is okay um and so yeah and i was telling her and then she's like you aren't supposed like forgive yourself for that i'm like i can't it keeps playing in my head it keeps repeating i can't um and so we did like uh there's this thing it's a sound treatment thing and you put on headphones and blast the music that's a little bit out of tune um and so yeah we did that and everything but 
a big thing that helped me get over my PTSD was talking about it and accepting that I felt bad for it. Because when I tried to tell people before, I'm like, no, I feel bad for not spending enough time with her. I feel bad for just abruptly leaving. They'd be like, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. She would understand. I'm like, yeah, but she doesn't because she's not here and I can't tell her that now. <laughs> like, it's not possible. And so just being able to talk about it um, was a huge thing. So if you're going through things like that and like it is just taking over your mind, talk about it. Accept that you feel bad. You feel guilty. Um, don't accept. Don't accept when people tell you it's fine. It's not fine. It's not okay. Like maybe what happened isn't okay. Um, but realizing that is a huge step into feeling better with PTSD, in my opinion. Um, well, thank you for sharing a story, and uh, I'm sure that people will be able to resonate with this. And I as well want to say thank you for sharing all of your input and that amazing. Like I don't know, I can't. That's why I can't explain. It. But seriously, thank you. Yeah. You are hands down in one of the most incredible youngest. I don't even know what to call it. Just amazing. Cool. Very cool experience. And I'm grateful that I got to hear that because yeah. many, I love hearing everybody's people's different experiences. No, I'm so glad that I got to talk about it because again, I think that sharing my story is very important in making others feel less alone. First of all, second of all, it also helps me get things out and being able to share that is an amazing feeling to me. Um, with like acceptance and all of that. And I don't know, there's definitely pros and cons to maturing earlier. Um, but I think that I have learned to look at the positives of it. So yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. 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 Well, this is a new segment in Paranoia in my paradise. It's called the latest news in mental health around the world. Basically, this is super exciting. Mental health has gotten their own 911. Okay, so what, what does that mean? So when you're in crisis, you usually call 911. <laughs> did I say it right? Yeah, I did. Yep, um, yep. But now, when you're in crisis regarding mental health, you can call 988. And I, I need to do something, and we need to do something to get this in Canada, because this is just in States. But I think it's, it's so cool. Like, we are finally realizing... That sometimes there can be fucking bad situations and you need someone. Yep. So it's like almost a suicidal hotline, but it has a lot more resources and whatnot. Yes. And I, thing. I also think that's very important because, um, again, 911, like to have them separated, I think it's very important because 911, you have all of the things like that are necessary for an emergency near-death situation. You have firefighters, you have police. Like, those mm -hmm. are all... But when it comes to mental health, you need the right people there. You need the people that are ready to be there because some, like, sometimes a police is not going to know what to do. Well, they'll go up to your head, you get a knock, and most police don't want to deal with disturbances that only involve... The two people that isn't like that. life risking exactly, yeah. and you know, not not to knock them either, you know. Yes, good. but like you know, it's truthfully true. like you need people who know what they're doing, yes. who want, who are willing and wanting to do it. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's very important. 
as well as mental health has been impacted because of the war in Ukraine. And obviously, it's it's not good. It is not, not good, a good actually. Situation. The, the patent between Russia and the United States, the United States, uh, they're not sending food over to the United States right now. They He decided, nope, we're done. So they're going to have a major food shortage yep. coming up. Oh, absolutely. Like, no, like Biden literally was like, no, this is going to be bad. <laughs> well, we got an, there's an organization called Hold Strong. And basically they provide free counseling for anyone who needs it. And they want to share, um, or they just want to talk to someone, whether it's a video call, it's text message, it's completely free. And no, we're not sponsored by them. I just think it's really fucking cool. And maybe if you share with a friend who wants to talk to someone about what's happening in Ukraine or anything like that, I think it's cool. And just news about the brand, Ross by RDV is coming soon. Woo. What the hell is that? Who knows? Actually, I do know. It's a premium line by RDV. So now think. So this is how the new drop is going to look like. Think of the heaviest and the softest shirt on the planet. Now you combine that shirt with the best silhouette and the fitting that no other fucking brand has ever done. It's going to be oversized as shit, but it's going to look so dope. And it's going to be the best looking um, pump cover out there. And if it's not... You know, you can DM me and we can have a conversation. And if it's not, pull up. Yeah, pull up. Yeah, <laughs> I'll drive down to Saskatoon. I will fight. I am willing. And now, obviously, because, you know, I love incorporating mental health with RDV. And so now that shirt will have inside out. The shirt will be inside out and it'll have exposed seams. And, you know, how exposed seams show the rawness of the product and doesn't make it all look pretty and perfect but that's what life is that's where your mental health and the whole goal is to represent that inside out and the exposed seams are just like imperfectionism but Show if, some seams exactly yeah. cracks just like that Show mental health <laughs> mental oh, health I was meant to go like cracks through the seam <laughs> um mental health doesn't have to be perfect and that's what makes it unique and makes you and before we end this anna we just want to ask you mental health means dash to you everything everything? mental health means everything to me um i think it would be easier for me to say what doesn't it mean to me um because my mental health has affected me so much my friend's mental health has affected me so much um i think that it's just a huge thing and like being aware of what you're going through mentally, I think it's super important. Absolutely so important because, again, your mental health affects every single aspect of your life. Your relationships, your friendships, school, jobs, activities, everything. So I think, again, mental health means everything to me. Thank you so much for everyone who listened and was part of this. Uh, this is just our small and united attempt where we raise awareness for mental health and we hope that you're able to connect and relate to the conversations. And yeah, it has helped us tremendously, has given us more understanding and knowledge of different perspectives. As always, please don't be afraid to reach out in the DMs if you want to be involved with the podcast or help in any way. And if you love the podcast, just share it again and yeah, make someone's day get better. Alas, if you want to make an impact on mental health, 
just start a conversation and let people know that hashtag they're not alone. And another huge thank you to Anna for driving here yep. and being a part of this, coming into our um, almost creepy, like, we're going to keep you in our basement for days. I wouldn't uh, complain. <laughs> you guys are cool, so I would be fine with it. Hell yeah. Yo, thank you for being here, seriously. No, thank and, you so much yeah. for inviting me and letting me come down and share my story. It means very, very much to me. And the drive down isn't that bad. No, okay. it's, 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 it's good. We love to it's sing ice. in the car alone. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. all right, guys. Awesome. We'll catch you later. Catch yes, you on the sir. next episode. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Anastasia? Anastasia. 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 Yes. Anastasia. Anastasia. Yes. Anastasia. I got it. Okay, we'll cut this part out.